0: Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For recordings of our sermons and more podcasts, visit begrace.org slash podcasts. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Clone, one of the assistant pastors here at Grace Bible Church. I'm Chris Webster, assistant pastor of worship and communication. I'm Dave McMurray, teaching pastor
1: at Grace Bible Church.
0: Well, this week in our Joseph series, uh, we're on episode four. I've been saying episode four for the past like three weeks. I don't even joking, know what it means anymore. <laughs> jokingly, but we actually made it to the fourth sermon. And if it was a Netflix show, it would be episode four. Mm, I think that's mm, all I was going for. Gotcha. But uh, we're in Genesis chapter 41 this week, looking at the first 25 verses. Uh, Kind of another week of almost interlude. Mm. Um, We're kind of, I feel like, feeling the pressure of Joseph's waiting at -hmm. this point. It's like, okay, another week of, Mm -hmm. is the story progressing? Is it not progressing? Um, So we started off this week with two more years passing. So we're now at 13 years since Joseph sold into slavery. Uh, And at this point, Pharaoh has two dreams. Uh, Mm. He calls his interpreters. No one can interpret his dreams and then finally, the cupbearer remembers Joseph, um, and Joseph tells Pharaoh that God will interpret the dreams. Uh, you spent a lot of time, I felt like this week, applying the text mm. and the principles of the text to us. And you kind of started with a couple of parables. And I'll share those parables and how they applied to your theme, which was um, stay prepared, right? Yeah. And you
1: said, stay prepared by waiting, by working, and by speaking. Is that accurate? Uh, Yes. So the connection to me was that Joseph and any of us in a similar situation would have been tempted to give up on God, to think God was absent, God was gone, God wasn't coming back, God wasn't going to show. And so that, that took me to some final instructions that Jesus gave at the end of Matthew where he's talking about the end times, the end of the temple and the end of the age and Christians debate all that in Matthew chapter 24. But what has struck me over the years is that Jesus really instructs them to have a very particular way of behaving, living, and staying prepared and alert. So he gives three parables. first one is about a servant who takes advantage of other servants because he thinks the master's never returning. The second one is about some women waiting to celebrate a wedding party, and they just basically give up and are not ready for the party because they feel like it's never going to happen. And then the third one is the parable of the talents where it's slightly different, but, but parallel to the other two where the guy does not invest his talents because he believes the master is unfair and not generous.
0: So you, you had staying prepared as your main theme. You used the parables to kind of set it up, Mm -hmm. talked about a couple of your own dreams that you weren't prepared. Mm. Um, but I think your preparedness comes from not just this chapter, right? So it's right. the Joseph story in general. Yeah. Um, you kind of talked a little bit about this week is going to be a lot of Repetition. me saying the same thing and mm-hmm. repeating the same thing. Yeah. Um, what were parts of Joseph's story that got you to stay prepared? Because mm-hmm. Joseph's basically
1: not in the story. Yeah. almost in this part of the story. <laughs> yeah. There's not much Joseph here. Yeah. Well, it's it's the pivot point. So kind of like you were saying, kind of an interlude and other like, man, is it going to really progress here? Um, but it's this big change in circumstances and really next week will be when it dramatically changes. But it's the start of the change of circumstances that we looked at this week at the beginning of chapter 41. And so what I was just struck by was how joseph stayed ready joseph was just ready and faithful and trusting god and you know we saw in chapter 39 god was with him we saw in chapter 40 he was caring for the people in his in his keep um and then we see in this chapter it begins to i guess you'd say pay off you know there begins to be, be a change of circumstances where he's noticed and remembered for his faithfulness
2: it really struck me um that when you said jesus talked about this because he knew it was something that waiting is something we'd really struggle with mm. Total, you know very resonates with me and probably a lot of people um i think even you you've mentioned before the the verse that says be watchful because the you know the kingdom of heaven is at hand mm. and even in that translation i think you made the distinction with like time versus nearness or you know Mm -hmm. locational nearness. can you unpack that a little bit because i think that's where that really helped me apply this whole thing of thinking man we are as a church in this very very you know feeling like a long two thousand years of waiting and um Mm
1: -hmm. you know that really resonated with me Mm -hmm. you know when is jesus returning and yeah i think the the best way to understand the kingdom and the presence of the kingdom is in the Son, or the king mm. and so the kingdom was present in the king in jesus when he was here on earth and it's present in us by his spirit and there's a sense there's there was a book i think it was by lad called the presence of the future and the idea is that hmm. why can why eschatology is so confusing or the end times study is so confusing is there's a sense in which the future is breaking into the now through our life. As we love people, as we submit to God, as we believe He's with us, the future renewal of all things is like trickling backwards into our present circumstances. We're bringing the kingdom to bear through our trusting of God, which is weird and crazy, but I think it's a beautiful thing we get to be a part of. I love that. It's good.
0: Two long years! <laughs> Two long years. <laughs> Two years of
1: whole days. Whole days, mm. yes. Wow. So that's an idiom you said? Yes. The, yeah, the Hebrew is something like 2 years of days. Um, but yeah, it's just trying to I guess it's like how we say 24/7 or I don't know what's what's an idiom we have like that. But it was just like I don't know 24/7s died pretty hard, but yeah. it was a big deal yeah. a while ago like. Okay. Oh yeah, 24
0: 365. Mm-hmm. 365.
1: That's that's probably closer, 365. Yeah. Like yeah. Every day he waited and waited. Yeah.
0: So and that's that's kind of where you got. He was prepared from waiting just because when he was called up, he was ready basically. So yeah. he gets called up out of the minor leagues to the big leagues, and he's ready mm-hmm. to go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, so so I, I guess the thesis is he didn't give up. He continued to trust God, and he was ready. Mm-hmm. The question is, are we ready? Or another way I was talking about this is. If I was waiting two whole years and thought people had f- forgotten about me, I'd be tempted towards, you know, normal sins that people are tempted by. Either to take matters into my own hands and, like, fix it, I'm going to just make this happen, or uh, to rebel and numb the pain, you know, which is, I think, the direction a lot of us go. You, you talked Colossians
0: 3, Colossians 4, mm-hmm. you know, obeying our master sincerely, mm-hmm.
1: uh, making the, the most of the time we've been given, kind of that idea, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being faithful. We're given time. Are we going to redeem it? Trust God, use it to the full, or are we going to waste the time? And again, we saw that, and that's as you referenced earlier. We see this as a culmination of the last, you know, three chapters that we've looked at.
2: It almost it almost feels like a a breakdown of the English language too. Of mm-hmm. the way the way we use the word waiting mm-hmm. is such a passive. Um, it's like we use the word waiting as almost as if there's nothing we can do and um, we're not really expecting the thing to happen. Mm-hmm. At least in a spiritual sense, I feel like that—that that is often how we use it. Mm-hmm. I, that's why I love the word preparing or... Mm-hmm being prepared uh that just struck me i was trying to think is like there's a better word you know you think of like waiting in a doctor's office and there's like Mm -hmm. nothing i can really do i'm just sitting in a chair and Mm -hmm. and then he's going to show up and do everything um so it's almost like that breaks down right like yeah i don't know if you have any thoughts on that of just is there a better way to say what we're talking about
1: that's not just passive or this was the least concrete main idea i've had Mm -hmm. right and i think it was i probably didn't close the the gap of linear explanation as well as i could have this week um i lost three days this week just to other things that were going on Mm -hmm. so i don't think i had the time to really refine it as much as i wanted to but i was talking about it with my wife this morning when we were out and it was like it's like yeah those concepts all make sense but really it was, my wife was challenging me, like really it was God preparing Joseph. You mm, know? <laughs> yeah. It's like if I had to do it all over again, I, I might say it more that way. I was really trying to fixate on what do we do with this, life's not turning out, I'm waiting, I don't know what to do, you know, this frustration we feel and trying to press into that, that temptation we have to give up, you know, as I started with those parables, but there's a sense in which God was preparing Joseph in that long waiting and and God was preparing Joseph in the work that he was doing and um so that there's just a weird paradox there of, mm-hmm. of yeah this is this is all about God's sovereignty, but I was pressing hard on well, what do we do you know when when we're doubting God's sovereignty, what does it mean for us to be faithful? well, what do you say
0: to somebody who He's like, well, that's well and good for Joseph, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's Joseph. I'm mm-hmm. I'm me. I'm not yeah. Joseph. Well, I'm Joseph, but, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm not Joseph, and so yeah. God probably doesn't care as much about my struggles, or God's not mm-hmm. directly interacting with me the same way he would, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a founder of our faith or something. What do you say to yeah.
1: that? Yeah, Well, and I think that's why I took the pains to bring in the New Testament texts, you know, so where Jesus is saying... Man, this is going to be something everybody struggles with, and to be, to be a kingdom person is to not give in to those temptations, but to trust that the master is good, and he's returning, and he hasn't forgotten you, um, you know. And then the Colossians text, it, it's to make the most of the time, trusting that God is good, trusting in your new identity in Christ. I would say is kind of the big theme of Colossians, and so, yeah, we have these same instructions of this is how we are supposed to live. And then we can turn to the Joseph story and go, oh, okay, I see this guy, God was with him, and he was living out what we're told to do according to our identity in Christ.
2: And and surely, too, there's a, um, there's a thing we lose sight of that, that we are here for a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. There, That's true of all of us, mm-hmm. and, and so in this waiting, um, I'm not sure what the perfect analogy is, but Say say like if you described it, I'm waiting for the marathon, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I kn- and it, you know does that make sense? Like yeah. like if you said it that way, I'm waiting for the marathon. There's this an instantly your brain says, I should be doing things <laughs> to be ready for when mm-hmm. that start starting pistol goes off. And yeah. the hard thing with God is we're not always super aware of what is it a marathon? Is it something else? You know what mm-hmm. is this race? But we know. We know there's a purpose. We know there's a reason we're here. Mm-hmm. It may be a lot of tiny things. It may be it may be just one one long faithfulness, um, and you don't really get to see see that. But um, mm-hmm. but I think that's what I'm connecting in my mind is it helps me to stay prepared if I don't lose sight of the fact that God has a purpose for me here, either now or or very soon. Or does that make sense? Do you, do yeah. you agree with that? Any any
1: refining to the, my crazy thoughts yeah i think that's good and um and i think part of what's confusing here is is god didn't just want joseph to work for pharaoh Mm -hmm. you know and i think that's where Mm. we get confused like that's that's all god wanted and everything else was preparing you know so the yeah i think the race analogy is good but it's also like the goal if you're going to run a marathon is to live a life of preparation and exercise so that's why you know for a lot of us that's why we set that goal i'm going to run a marathon and then that works its way backwards into our daily life Mm -hmm. um yeah so it's it's hard to hard to separate the the big thing from the small things they're both they're both important
2: yeah well and ultimately i can't remember exactly how it makes me think of c.s lewis saying that he, he has a lot of language about um that sin makes us less human Mm. and and god's path of grace makes us more human and so mm-hmm. in in some sense this whole life is a becoming more of a hu- oh, more human and mm-hmm. becoming more like the citizens of heaven mm-hmm. god wants us to be when we get to heaven so in some sense too there's even that just super long term like mm-hmm. even if i don't see the payoff here god's making mm-hmm. me more like a citizen of heaven and we know that heaven is this like ultimate Beautiful fulfillment of that, and mm-hmm. he's refining us. I don't know. Do you know what do you know that yeah, and no, I'm talking about? I, mean, I don't
1: remember the exact quote, but yeah. I, I think conceptually that's that's a beautiful way to think about it. but mm-hmm. yeah, we're yeah we're in the process of becoming what God's made us to become. So every little moment counts. Mm. I do want to backtrack and say, for the record, I I don't believe in marathons, but I thought it was a good <laughs> it's a good metaphor. <laughs> it's good triathlon uh, eating competition. <laughs> yes, maybe a five k would be a better illustration. Three point one miles. <laughs>
0: Uh, I think that helps, but I think my question kind of still, maybe to clarify it a little bit, is, mm-hmm. like, not everyone is Joseph. Not yeah, everyone yeah. has a big mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has a big plan. Like, sure, there's mm-hmm. God has a plan, and you can... I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, but... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. not everyone has a big story, and not yeah. everybody mm-hmm. will feel like they have a big story. Mm-hmm. Um
1: I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I would just, yeah, I would say we all have a cosmically big story and eternity is in the balance and God wants us to impact souls that count. And so, you know, impacting souls as a leader of the world's greatest empire or impacting souls as an influencer of the five people I know, those are both cosmically important, I would argue.
2: So almost, almost we use the word stewardship with Mm. when we're talking about, I guess, with our band and things like that. When you're arguing for like uh, total excellence, right? You have won the global competition of of perfect art, and the same thing with life, right? Like you are the most famous person that has ever lived. You're in the Bible. You know, Mm -hmm. no one's gonna win that competition. But when you talk about it. Instead of sort of excellence and competition, you talk about it as stewardship. Um, I like to say that like God's called you to tend your garden, mm. and that's going to be a certain size, right? Whatever that means for you, your personality, your uh, phase of life, your location, your ministry that he has. there. It is there. Mm-hmm. Those things are there. You don't know what the size is. You don't know what you're called to do always, but it's there for you to see Mm -hmm. so you're called to tend your garden and also that goes what goes along with that is you can only give something from your own garden right like Mm -hmm. if you give what you've got to give what god has invested into you that's the same idea of spiritual gifts um but Mm -hmm. right like you can't give everyone everything you can't be you can't be um you know, what? Call, call it what you will. I, I'm not mm-hmm. going to be a famous opera singer. That's just not how my throat is <laughs> constructed. And so yeah, when I'm talking in this garden metaphor, I like to say, you just give what you got in your garden. Like, I may only have carrots to offer, and I have to be okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. I only have this this invested thing in me that I offer. Yeah. But I got to be ready mm-hmm. to tend my garden that I have and to, to offer what I do have. Mm. Um and so I know that's a that's a little bit of a stretch from the life. Thing, no, I but, mean I think, know, think that's like... that's mm-hmm.
0: helping with what I was going for, and I yeah. think it flows into your second point of you don't just give what you have. Like you don't just throw the seeds in the garden and let them stay there, and they'll turn into carrots eventually. Like <laughs> you work hard at <laughs> mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to be fair, mm-hmm. on Sunday mm-hmm. I somehow I don't know I missed that there were two points in between. Uh, by waiting and by speaking. So by working mm. somehow, yeah. maybe morphed into waiting in my brain or something like waiting and working. We're morphing mm. together. Murphing? They're morphing. both Ws. Morphing
1: together. Oh, that's it. That's <laughs> that's so, I about. did violate. There's a standard. I don't know if people know this, but in preaching, you should either have all the same letters or in- – are all different letters, but you can't have two of the same letters, then one's different. It totally confuses people. On Sunday, when the yeah. sermon ended, I thought,
0: oh, that's weird, he only did two points, and yeah. the first point was really long, <laughs> and then I went back to listen to it again, and I realized, oh yeah. wait, there was a third point. Mm-hmm. Um, but even when I was was listening to it again, they mm-hmm. did kind of oh, they blended, bl- yeah. blend and blur together a lot, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think it makes sense, because like we're talking about waiting isn't just a passive waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so where'd you get your, your Joseph was prepared by working? Was it
1: mm-hmm. all past stuff or was it? Yeah, anything it was this it was all past again. So really conceptually it was because the cut uh, cupbearer remembered the work he had done before. And so I was trying to communicate, oh, the cupbearer finally noticed the work that Joseph had been doing and so in a sense that work was bearing fruit much later. Um so that, that yeah, that was the connection I was looking for.
2: And so yeah, so you're you're referring to kind of last week's sermon, a little bit of how he God blessed him and he mm-hmm. he, he did work hard and, and the um the what do you call it, the manager of the prison, mm-hmm. I don't remember what the word was. He he noticed Joseph and put him in charge and mm-hmm. and said he didn't have to worry about anything. Um, we talked in small group a little bit about that and I thought that was a good help in the application of if you're a manager what kind of person do you put over other people like what Mm -hmm. what kind of people do you put in that you know Mm -hmm. if you're the uh a captain of the guard was it i don't remember what they say well it was again it was repetition so it's confusing so yeah yeah.
1: chapter 39 it was the captain of the guard chapter 40 he was in the prison Looking after the cupbearer. I and the think baker. it says
0: captain of the guard, but it's like captain of the prison guard mm. this time. It's not
1: Got necessarily yeah. So yeah, one yeah. of the things, yeah, <laughs> it's deba- yeah, it's debatable. Yeah. It's, it's kind of confusing the way mm. the text issues it. It's like it's like the prison is actually in the captain of the guard's castle or something. You know, it's kind of confusing the way the text lays it out.
2: Yeah. So one of I, you could add to my list maybe because uh, I had some things that were really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wrote down was the type of person you promote. <laughs> is the one who's not whining that mm. came up, and it was like, "Whoa!" Like if anybody had a reason to whine, Joseph, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not even really whining. He's just stating the facts. Like I'm not, mm. I'm not guilty. What is happening? Yeah. But you don't really promote someone who's whining, and so yeah. I don't know. That's just a, a guess I have of like Joseph. Doesn't, we don't at least see that he whined. Um, and then the other mm-hmm. thing was, in some sense, he accepts this role to mm-hmm. work right like mm-hmm. i don't know it do, i don't know that again maybe it doesn't seem like it's a forced uh thing where the the captain of the guards like you must do this it's like he appoints him mm-hmm. and in some sense well he didn't appoint anybody else and like i don't know i don't know what that transaction was like but the one i imagine is like well uh you're trustworthy you're not whining <laughs> um you and i i see you have character and i'm going to put you in charge of this and and on some level joseph accepts that and steps into that and is doing mm-hmm. more than a normal uh person in that prison is doing right mm-hmm. um so anyway that leads back into the work thing i guess but i don't know any other lists to the uh, things that well to it's just or, interesting or, yeah. there's
1: another like a wall street journal article this week that talked about how humility is so important in leadership which reminded me of a a book a lot of us read years ago called good to great by Jim Collins. And Mm. he talks about level five leadership. And there, there were two things that stuck out with level five leadership. And it's like one thing, I think there was a lot more than this, but the two things that stuck out to me were these one is that they do whatever it takes to get the job done. So that kind of reminds me of the no whining thing. You know, it's just like, (laughs) they'll just make it happen. They don't have the resources. They'll go find the resources, Mm. you know, like that's, that's a leader. And then the second thing is humility. They're, deferring and not, you know, they figure out a way to get it done, but they're not going, look at how awesome I am for mm-hmm. getting it done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just feel like justice is a really great model of of what secular people are noticing makes for good leadership, and I think those are also biblical values. Mm. When you reference Matthew
0: 5 at this point, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, um, that people would see your good deeds, they'd glorify your Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you also mentioned First Peter 3? Um, yeah, that
1: was the days like a thousand years. Mm. God doesn't see time like I think that I mentioned that oh, in the way. it was a mind. long time. Sorry. Oh, you so know what, what I did. Together. Together. Sorry. sorry. Sorry, I'm mixing up my texts. It was I think second Peter 3 is the is the time and then first Peter 3 was the be prepared You're to give suffering, we
0: prepared to give offense. yeah. 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 Have no fear. Honor yeah. God as holy.
1: Yep. yep. That's right.
2: I was hit pretty hard with the uh, um You brought back in this concept of if we believe God is with us we'll work hard Mm -hmm. um and I was just I was I was kind of thinking through this long period of time and my own my own (laughs) tendency as a worker to be like I'm gonna work really hard and but if no one notices that I'm doing a good job and I don't make forward progress either you know Mm -hmm. becoming better at something or um You know i don't know i don't know just just Mm -hmm. there's not that external marker of hey good job keep going Mm -hmm. i have a hard a really hard time and uh and that was that was something that hit me pretty hard is um it's really good you get
0: that affirmation here all the time right yeah it's true i get (laughs) hugs
2: for days (laughs) um no no actually yeah anyway (laughs) um
1: (laughs) for the record i don't don't hug chris very often (laughs) Is this a cry for help? Hugs this for is, days is, or uh, hugs for days? This is a very I serious. Uh, anyway, so Chris uh, but, was trying to be all real. But, and-
2: <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'll go back to my corner. No, um, I, I just wrote down. I think you said this. I don't know how exact this quote is, but it, I wrote down. If I'm not working well, it's because I've stopped believing God is gracious, um, and that you know completely goes back to the parables of mm. the the good master and. I just I thought it was really helpful for me to directly tie that into this feedback mechanism we're, we're looking for in our work
1: mm-hmm.
2: and remembering again, God's here, God knows, God mm-hmm. sees. the Bible even talks about God rewards eventually, you know mm-hmm. in some mm-hmm. way, and so that was really helpful to me. Um, yeah, you talked
0: about how working with excellence, how playing our role well mm-hmm. um, I wrote equals. I don't remember exactly what he said, but equals God's eventual or eternal glory. I can't remember exactly what he said, mm-hmm. but um, I thought that was that was a good mm-hmm. a good thing to remember. Like, in the waiting, in the working, doing it well equals God's eventual glory. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean right now. Kind of stuff we've yeah. talked about already, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I was just really struck by the delay and by... Where, where this is all heading at the end of, of Joseph testifying again about it's God's power, not mine, which he had said to the cupbearer, and the cupbearer seems to completely forget that. You know, I was just kind of struck by the the tension of, okay, it is getting noticed, it is getting remembered, God is getting glorified, but it's messy, you know? It's not, mm-hmm. it's not like a straight line, you know? Um, yeah, so... Pharaoh has these dreams, I guess mm-hmm. if we're going to actually talk about
0: the story, mm-hmm. Pharaoh has these two <laughs> dreams, mm-hmm. and he calls his interpreters to come interpret the dreams, and they can't mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. finally the cupbearer says, ah, I remember my sins, I remember, mm-hmm. um, not sins, what does he say? I remember my… Offenses. Offenses, mm-hmm. yes. I remember my offenses, and I was like, Yeah, that's kind of twofold, you know, his mm-hmm. offenses against Pharaoh, but his offense now against Joseph for forgetting mm-hmm. him yeah when he remembers him he remembers joseph he doesn't remember that joseph says it was god Mm -hmm. and so at this point now your your point is he was prepared um by speaking is that how you said it did you say it differently than by speaking
1: prepare be prepared to speak up i think prepared to speak up to speak up yeah i was kind of playing with the verbs yeah i
2: love the way you said it too of this really hit me in that transition of pharaoh is brought to the end of himself and Mm -hmm. joseph is given a bigger opportunity i Mm -hmm. love that is like Mm -hmm. just this epic storytelling like Mm -hmm. pharaoh's pharaoh the the you know what did you say the uh the biggest ruler in the world or whatever the most yeah most powerful ruler in the world Mm -hmm. his resources are exhausted and yeah and so the, this prisoner is brought out to do the thing he can't do. I, anyway, mm-hmm. that just, that sparked my imagination. I thought that was good. And so then you enter this moment of be prepared to speak up, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am struck by the whole, the St. Francis of Assisi thing, you know, share the gospel at all times. And what's
0: what's the phrase?
1: If, 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 if necessary. necessary. If necessary. Yeah. Which we really These agree words. with, right?
0: <laughs> Halfway,
1: <laughs> it's like it's really beautiful and really flawed. So yes, so yeah, I totally agree with the preach the gospel at all times. I'd say preach the gospel at all times, and then add words, or <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then clarify with words. I just think both needs to take place. So it's easy to it's easy to just think oh, I'll just do good work and that's enough. But New Testament challenges us to actually speak up may your words have the foundation of your life. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it gives credibility, I think.
2: I also loved you um, so in this in this moment of Joseph being brought out of the pit, right? You you said there's this great reversal. He's, mm. we've seen over and over him being stripped of his dignity, stripped of his literal clothing, mm-hmm. thrown in two pits, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then in this in this moment he's brought out of the pit. He's reclothed and given dignity. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just beautiful i just love that and that's what christ does for us right you Mm -hmm. brought that great gospel moment um i thought that was beautiful um but then you also had this this interesting metaphor of um what how did you say like cultural conformity you had a there's a distinction between what we say and how we're dressed i thought that was a cool Mm -hmm. cool one-liner tweetable there Mm -hmm. and can you unpack that a little bit of what what you we were saying.
1: Yeah, we, we talked a lot about it in our small group last night, too. They're just I think we always have to press towards the tension. So, in the parenting sermon several weeks ago, I talked about how when you raise your kids, you have to help them distinguish between your house law and God's law.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I feel like that's the same thing for a church culture. Um, we are going to choose methods and culture. We can't be culture-less, but we always have to kind of be Pressing on that and distinguishing it and separating it and saying, huh, maybe we should change our clothes. Maybe we should change our language. Maybe we should change some circumstances of, of how we're talking about this Jesus. Um, but obviously, we're not going to violate, or maybe not obviously, we will not violate God's standards. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot that He gives us freedom and choice, um, you know things that we can do differently circumstances clothing style culture um, so I, I just was trying to make the point that that is the hard work that missionaries do it's every missionary has to do that but I think every Christian has to do that really mm.
2: is there I wanted to ask real talk right mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in in our context mm-hmm. whether that's broadly America are, are there things you see people clinging to clothing they're clinging to and on, are unwilling
1: to let go that that maybe they should think about or well, my, my wife brought up this example i thought was really helpful because there's a famous guy that's left the faith that wrote a book on courtship and called i kiss dating goodbye mm. um and apparently that movement hurt a lot of people and um he apologized for it and then he left the faith after that and so it's been a really strange um cultural reality i guess um and so we would say how you do dating and courtship should be submitted under the bible you know and god's principles mm. but doing it the way some guy you know wrote even if he's a great christian guy is is not necessarily what we're bound to you know mm. i think the i think the westminster guys that wrote the westminster confession some of these puritan guys talked about we have to be careful about what we bind people's consciences to. You know, We should bind people's consciences to the Word of God, not to our cultural ways of obeying the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I think that's an example. The courtship culture, like, oh, I think there's great stuff there. There's great ideas. Like, yeah, go read some courtship books. If you have kids that are growing up and you want to figure out how to like teach them about dating and relationships and romance, read some courtship books. But I would never say... Go find one of those and, to the letter, imitate everything they tell you. You know, it's like, yeah, there's some good ideas in there, but we're bound to the Word of God. We're not bound to some cultural practice of people trying to live out the Word of God.
0: When you you mm-hmm. used Joseph, you know, being brought up, shaved, clean, clothed, like mm-hmm. brought to conform to the culture of Pharaoh's court. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, really, part of the conforming to the culture, too, is the dream interpretation, right? It's mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. cultural phenomenon. Yeah. And, and uh, there's people trained in dream telling, mm. but then what does Joseph do? He says, mm-hmm. "It's not me; it's God." Right in verse yeah. sixteen. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of living that out of like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I've conformed to the culture of you know yeah. dream interpretation and, and being able to tell Pharaoh what's going on, but really dreams belong to God, and this mm-hmm.
1: is God's, God's." Yeah, that's realm. a great example because it is um, dreaming is not our regular way of communicating with God, right? So. It's their regular way of communicating with the gods, and so in a sense, it's like meeting them on their playing field, and then changing the rules a little bit. So, I think, yeah, I think that's a really good that's a really good case study. Yeah, he he didn't go. Oh no, that's a pagan thing. We just we just read God's word. Forget your dreams. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, he's like, no, I'll tell you. You know, God God can tell us. Let's let's get the answer from God. So he kind of met them there, but took them towards God. You know. And you said that
0: he uh, he distinguishes between the strength of God and the strength of man. That's kind of mm-hmm. kind a little point you were talking about. And you, you brought up Proverbs 3 at this point. You know, mm-hmm. I can't, but God can. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anything on that? Anything about Joseph actually preparing to interpret the dream? I guess we don't get to hear about his interpretation. Any reason why we don't hear the interpretation this week? too many verses Okay, <laughs> I knew that's what it was Chris asked me before we started and I said he's just going to say it was too many verses Yeah,
2: My, yeah. I had a, just a couple quick thoughts to look, pass on that still um, mm-hmm. kind of cultural trappings mm-hmm. sometimes I call it the wrapping paper <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you got the wrapping paper I guess because I think um, I've run into this type of a conversation um, kind of from a different angle mm-hmm. a lot over the past couple of weeks and um I think the two things that have come to mind for me maybe you could expound on or, or disagree with I'm not sure but <laughs> I I think I say a lot holiness is always inconvenient mm-hmm. um, and on some level so it's it's uh, so on on some level obeying god is going to be uh, getting over my personal preference of being lazy or whatever mm-hmm. it is my mm-hmm. personal preference of um for for guys right uh boundaries on online or so you know it's it's inconvenient to not be able to have access to anything i ever want online and for some people who you know struggle with lust or whatever Mm -hmm. you have to set up these boundaries and you have to have more conversations with with accountability partners than you want to have and it's inconvenient but Mm -hmm. i've noticed this pattern of well if you're wanting to follow God, be ready for it to be inconvenient in a sense, right? Mm. And in a sen- and and we don't ever forget the joy that's on the other side that's greater than anything you're giving up. But yeah. um, the other thing, though, that kind of maybe more closely ties to, um, to this Joseph moment or to any time we're trying to reach someone, and uh, we're going to have to give up our personal preferences. And I think what it actually feels like more often is actually um embracing a sense of uh, uh well embracing injustice personal injustice i'm going to say it harshly mm-hmm. because i think that's what it actually feels like is when you hear yourself saying these words like i shouldn't have to blank yeah. in order for them to hear this or in order mm-hmm. for them to feel loved i shouldn't have to um mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, I've been talking to people over the past few weeks and it's like, well, you know what? You're not wrong. Uh, You shouldn't have to get over the way you do things in order to reach someone else. Mm -hmm. But yet, that's often what we're called to, you know? Yeah um the silly thing to say is joseph could have said i'm not going to shave my beard he wants his interpretation i'm Mm -hmm. i'm i'm showing up as is and Mm -hmm. and our culture values authenticity and personal um Mm -hmm. you know personal truth a lot (laughs) put that in air quotes um yeah and i just i just i've been struck again and again of what that feels like is allowing injustice to occur a lot right it's saying man, I shouldn't have to walk on eggshells in this certain topic. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have to wear these types of clothes. I shouldn't have to walk across the street, whatever it is. Does it, do, yeah. you, do you get that? Like, uh-huh. I don't know, expand on that if you want to, I guess. Well, I mean, I
1: think we have a culture that values personal preference so much that it raises it to the level of justice and injustice. So, uh, yeah, I think what you're saying is is kind of horrifying to me and culturally true hmm. yeah it feels like personal injustice to not get what i want <laughs> you hmm. know and yeah often god calls us to sacrifice our preferences to to love other people and serve other people and we'll take it to it
2: take it to a, an, a slightly easier level mm-hmm. say love mm-hmm. languages mm-hmm. right this this yeah. conversation, which is not in the Bible, I don't think. I don't know where you make love the case, languages really. are not in the Bible. What anagrams?
1: They're even but, less in the Bible, Joey. Okay, but cause. we see,
2: <laughs> but we see this functionally play out, right? Right, right. Where different people, as a as a husband, if my wife, mm-hmm. r- you know, wants quality time, and that's not how I want to express my love for her, I just want to, you know, whatever yeah. it is, give gifts instead then that's the thought that often I hear people expressing is I shouldn't have to do that. And I don't know. I just, I'm just aware of that. So yes.
1: Oh man. I I mean, I've shared y'all probably heard me share this before. I think I've shared it a few times publicly at about seven years. Autumn and I took the love language test. (laughs) We were out with some couples for Valentine's day in St. Louis and, uh, over, maybe weeks after that, I really struggled with God because of exactly what you're saying. It felt unfair that I had just, you know, seven years into my marriage figured out, oh, I have to do things I don't like to make my (laughs) wife happy. Whoa! Like, it just blew my mind. Somehow, I'd made it seven years without really figuring that out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I think because I loved her Mm -hmm. and because I believed God loved me, I was willing to, like, dive into that scary future not knowing what it would be like, wondering if like, wow, will this be 40 years of pain for me? But mm-hmm. you enter in and you just start trying to love somebody and God provides. And, and now I would say, oh, wow, yeah, I'm I'm like a more mature person that knows mm-hmm. how to speak these other languages. Back then I was just a baby, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been a really cool thing to to see unfold. Um, mm-hmm. Tim Keller talks about a another thing that's kind of similar to this about marriage where you don't stop becoming you you add the spouse to you mm. and that's one of my favorite images that after being married 26 years i can say that's that's true and i think that's not just true with your spouse it's obviously at a much deeper more intimate level true with your spouse but it's kind of true of our interaction with all people you know as we as we learn to see things from their perspective and as we care and love other people we kind of add their perspective to ourselves and become mm. more fully human. To go back to your fully human concept.
2: That, I mean, that's so huge that it's not a call to to give up who you are mm-hmm. um, or to be untrue to that or to lie. Mm-hmm. It's more it's more that language of or it's learning new languages and learning how to hear what mm-hmm. they're trying to communicate, learning to communicate it better to them, and so then yeah, when you raise that up to a gospel level. Mm-hmm then it really does become this, man, um, what personal preferences of am I just making into an idol and I just mm-hmm. can't get, you know, whether it's style or who knows what, yeah, mm-hmm. that becomes a big deal. So
0: to wrap up, Joseph, uh <laughs> you your big point was that that he was prepared and and that we should stay prepared mm-hmm. and you kinda tied that to another biblical character Mm -hmm. Um, you said Joseph's an example of being prepared and then you talked about someone else. I can't remember who, who was that? Daniel. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar? Jesus? Jesus. That's the one I was going for. Um, (laughs) That's true. I was was going for a Paul. But you did like cross people throughout. Yeah. (laughs) All of them. Um, Well, speaking of Peter, you, you kind of close with first Mm -hmm. Peter, right? Prepare Mm -hmm. your minds Mm -hmm. for,
1: um, for actions, set
0: your minds on Christ, Mm -hmm. um, you kind of had that I just want to apologize.
1: I use the word compression shorts in church and I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, I must have missed that. Peter <laughs> says, "I A few people
1: walked out right then. <laughs> Peter says, "Gird up the loins of your mind." <laughs> and you said, "Put on your compression shorts." <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it, was, it was a good try. I wanted to say jockstrap, but I knew I couldn't say that. And I was just like at a loss for words. And so. now you have... now we got to rate this explicit, Dave. Come on. <laughs> no,
0: it's still clean. They're, okay. they're not dirty. They're right. clean. Uh, oh, gosh. Move on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, cool. Jesus. So okay. That happened. Are we going to keep going? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. I love that Gird. you talked Gird. about. So... So one thing I didn't want to skip over too fast. I'm you know trying to stay linear a little bit, but I love the line you 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 urged us to memorize. It is not in me, God will give. And you talked about mm. Joseph almost just shouts this out like mm. like give us something from your head, Joseph, and he says it's not it's not my skill, it's not my mm-hmm. from my thoughts, God will give. Um I just thought that was beautiful. Um I don't know if you want to add anything to that. I just wanted to mention that cuz it was so poignant
1: to me. I felt but like that was the most important verse of the whole mm. of the whole section. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we were I was joking earlier. I I carved the section up based on number of verses, but I, I do think that movement, that little interval that then leads to him giving the interpretation and being exalted in the next section, I do think this is a separate section and it does kind of all pivot around around that that moment mm-hmm. that's so the big good. dramatic scene
2: and so that uh, to me that ties directly to you're in this section of prepare to speak up and there's a strange tension in our mind of like i don't have anything worth saying but i believe god speaks right mm-hmm. and and then you 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 kind of led us through and in these last days he is speaking through his son i was like ah mm-hmm. i need to have i want to have like a big orchestral hit <laughs> when you when you make these mm. motives Like, yeah. I, that would, I, I heard that in my heart when you mm. said that, so that's good. So he's that speaking through his son, and that was this gospel turn of like, we have the words of
1: Christ to give, I guess, is kind of mm-hmm. what you're mm-hmm. saying. and Yeah. Yeah, and and that that's why I ended with 1 Peter 3, just trying to say, was it 3? 5. 1 Peter 1. <laughs> Man, I used a lot of Peter verses this week. <laughs> it was 1 Peter 1. 1 yeah. Peter 1, which is prepare your minds or gird up your minds. Um, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So I was just struck by that mm-hmm. connection of how do you prepare? How do you get ready for action? How do you stay alert? How do you be sober? How do you live ready? Bring the kingdom. It's setting your, setting your hope fully on Jesus we prepare you said something like we prepare by looking
2: at god's faithfulness so good i have a random question i wanted to sneak in all right let's go (laughs) (laughs) we ready for random time is this sure it yeah. i don't know when the minutes tick off to to random time uh,
0: uh there's no actual minutes i feel like we're pretty done you uh, know, yeah yeah clock says it's five forty. 40 so
2: go ahead well my crazy mind keeps thinking about how much these we've talked about how much these dreams feel like time travel to me like this mm. this funny like not funny i don't know uh my imagination just goes to God's like in the future, sending these messages back mm. and only letting Joseph know what they mean. It's like this crazy thing. So my random question I want to ask is, do you have a favorite time travel movie or book? Um, <laughs>
0: about time.
2: About, about time. time. Oh, oh, soundtrack's amazing too. The soundtrack's very good. It's probably inappropriate. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. There's a little that. bit of, um, that's okay, but that it is what it is Buy the clean version or whatever. I don't know the airplane version. Airplane <laughs> version. Um, there you go. I'm
1: currently watching Travelers. It's like oh, a yeah. serial Netflix thing. hmm And it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. hmm Cool. All I, have I to know say. You, Dave and I have a serial time traveler? A serial time traveler.
0: Serial episodes. It's called S- Travelers. Oh, Okay, I got lost. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe my brain turned off for
2: a second. <laughs> yeah. Dave, and I share a love of, Dave and I
1: share a love of time travel-y things, so uh, oh, yeah. I wanted to bring that up. Pretty I pretty much like, like every time travel thing I've ever seen except yeah. for Avengers, but pretty much everything else. <laughs> oh. What about
0: Harry Potter episode like oh, six? don't with bring the... it up. Don't oh. say it. Mm-hmm. Don't... Don't Does he remember? not
1: know? Wait, I'm confused. I don't remember that part. He always... always
2: hates on Harry Potter because he saw the movies first and ruined
1: everything. Uh, have you not read the books? I have not read the book. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I am working on book four because I was told that if you want to start with the grown-up books, it's the first grown-up book. Uh, So I started with that because I was never able to finish book one. I did read book seven and thought it was really good. I'm going to cut this out of the episode so that everybody yeah. doesn't feel the pain of <laughs>
0: you just saying Everyone I didn't read me. The, I can't even listen them to them in you. order <laughs> I, <laughs> I subscribe I
1: have number four then number seven and none others I found Harry Potter one to be profoundly boring <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna recommend I had a,
2: a book that came to my mind was uh, Timeline by Michael Crichton it was awesome oh, don't watch yeah. the terrible terrible movie people yeah. take the time and read the book it's really mm-hmm, good mm-hmm. so Joey's writing down how he's going to cut all this out. I think. Yeah.
0: No, that's the show notes section <laughs> of my notes. When we mentioned something important, I didn't write Harry mm-hmm. Potter, but I wrote down timeline so we could link it. Mm-hmm. My, la- my last, my last
1: monkeys was also good. Oh, 12 monkeys. Mm-hmm. I was
2: scared of it. It looked too dark for me. It was very dark. Yeah. It was good. Okay. Maybe, maybe you'll have to give me a hug afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had one other question that I, I wrote down in the middle of your sermon. Was there anything, Dave, uh, this week that you were studying and you wanted to nerd out on as just a just as a scholar but you d- wouldn't didn't give yourself permission in in mm. the moment. Maybe not this week but I'll ask it again each week maybe. Yeah
0: that's a good question each week. I thought yeah. like this week there might not have been but yeah. he's moving his fingers in a meditative.
2: Yes. Uh,
1: he's time traveling back to the sermon. He might be. I'm um, <laughs> I'm thinking that, no, this, this truly was the trying to summarize the entire Joseph story looking back and moving forward, right? I felt like that's what this week was, was looking back on, okay, what's, what's the ground we laid? And now we're pivoting to the next, you know, if it was, if you split it in half, this was the middle that connected the two halves of the Joseph stories.
2: Mm. Yeah, Cool what i have another question okay i want to sprinkle these throughout so we don't just have crazy time at the end but okay if you want to let the episode yeah. we can sprinkle no, no, no. It throughout. Yeah, yeah, they're going to exactly. all These exist all at the away. end of the episode <laughs> or not I mean, exist. This, at all.
0: Listen, no, listen,
2: exist. Dear, dear listener, you've made it through our rambling thoughts. Now here's the candy at the end, the reward. There you go. We'll play again. it.
0: We'll play it like a. And uh, what are those things that happen after a CD? And it's been a couple minutes, and then something oh, comes track? up. What's oh, yeah. that called? Hidden track. Hidden track. Yeah. Hidden track. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Mm. So. Mm. Never heard one of
2: those. That's never happened before. So you mentioned. Your dream, recurring dreams of anxious dreams. I was just wondering what
1: J- maybe Joey's or or your current ones. Current ones is <laughs> yeah. preaching, showing up, not ready to yeah. preach. Yeah. So I try to just stay ready. That I think I can yeah. just preach a sermon. You know, I'm just ready to go all the time. Yeah. If someone just asks me, I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go. You just
2: have it in your back pocket. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I no, I I totally have have dreams about worship. Like showing up and it's like what songs are we doing and no one did the slides oh, and yeah. everyone's just mad and it's like the service is supposed to start 20 minutes ago and yeah mm. i'm not prepared
1: but i can't really
2: carry i, I really had carry the, that around. missing
1: the game or missing the exam or not studying for the exam or whatever i i've had those over and over and over again it's amazing i still mm. have them sometimes yeah. not as much i still have yeah. them sometimes
0: okay end of episode <laughs> we've gone lots of places yes yeah. okay it's five forty-five. <laughs> My clock doesn't have a battery in it, I yeah. think. I think that's what the problem is. He's not well, looking at all the other clocks, just the one that's broken. It's quitting time. Um, oh, I have a wrist
1: clock. It's
0: 11.45. Well, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For recordings of our sermons and more podcasts, visit bgrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit BeGrace.org.
2: I'm so glad you have to say that every time. So we can, I would so never easy. make it through. I would never. It's
0: like doing communion. You just memorize
2: it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have to do, it, do it
0: ten times. Good work. Mm. We've done it more than ten times though now, so that mm. to be fair.
2: Yeah. No, I'd have to do it ten times every time. Oh, ten times mm. every time. Yeah. <laughs> I just <laughs> yeah,
0: try not yeah. to breathe. I feel like that's the most awkward <laughs> part of that part is when I'm like, <laughs> and if you want to come to be <gasps> Yeah. I've got a video you should watch. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good work.